And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Spicy Space Hot Sauce. Great for barbecues, stir-fries, and keeping critters off your power conduits. Previously on Cautious Optimism. There have been power fluctuations all over the ship. Uh, We're losing power to the engines. As you're calling out Hank's name, you're not getting a response. He's laying there unconscious, a gash across his chest. Hank, I think's dead. There's two purple slime boys, and one of them appears to be wrapped around the power conduit that goes into the main sensor array. I'm kind of holding the sensors together. I run down to our little mess hall, and I find the hottest hot sauce that we have. Because if something's eating our parts, they're not going to do it for long. Kyan, you're not by yourself in that room. As soon as you make eye contact, it jumps out at you. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Kyan Brunt. A mature. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous. Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. So... There is a giant insect monster jumping out of the Jimmy Tube towards Kayun. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to have our first actual fighting roles of the entire game. It's very exciting. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. The insect bug monster thing has to get 12 or less to hit with a claw attack. Five is a hit. Okay, so... In GURPS, on your turn, first you make an attack roll, and there's a billion different ways you can attack, but this is just a basic attack, and so the monster has equaled or gotten less than the skill he needed to, so he is hit, except now Kayun gets a chance to make a defense roll. Dodge is the most obvious one here, so you can try to avoid getting hit. So would that be under, like, with on my sheet, I think it's an 8? I have to get less than an 8? It's basic speed plus 3, dropping all fractions. Yeah, so 5 is your basic speed, plus 3 is 8. Yeah, you're right. All right, so then I will roll, and we will see what we get. Ooh, Ooh 17! Oh That's a critical <laughs> failure! Oh, you Ooh, run directly no. into it. Like, <laughs> wow. Oh, man. 
Well, despite the warning, you look up, you see the creature, and I imagine you're just standing there perfectly still like a deer in the headlights as it comes right at you and slashes your chest. Okay, now give me one second because I do have judo and there might be something there that modifies. Looking down, looking down, looking down. Use its momentum against it. I mean, judo would be what you would use for your attack. Does it do a defense thing? It should, yeah. Well, if it works the way real judo works, you would use the attack to reattack. Everything in this game is exactly like real life, so... (laughs) (laughs) I would point out a 17 is a critical failure, so... So it's not going to help me anyway. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, so... uh, This monster's damage... Thrust damage is 1D, so... You take 3 damage... To your HPs, as one of its ant-like claws bites into you and kind of slashes you across the chest. Very similar to what has happened to poor Hank. And then the insect lands on the ground right next to you, and looks like it's getting ready to attack you again, but it is now your turn. Okay, so I need to figure out how this works. So normally you would use whatever skill you're using to fight with, and you just have to make that skill roll or less, equal or less. So if that's judo, what's what's your judo skill? My judo skill is nine, so I'd have to roll under a nine. So let's see how that works. And that would be a 13, so that did not happen. All right. Now I do have extra attack, so can I try again? Oh, sounds like it. (laughs) You get one extra attack? Yeah. Okay, then yeah, make another roll. And that was a seven, so that wins by two. Sweet. All right, now with judo, your damage might be specific to the skill. There's a chart that has thrust damage and strike damage, but I bet judo gives you a bonus over what that basic chart is. Uh, to use judo, it doesn't say anything about damage. Ooh, judo allows you to parry two different attacks per turn. We'll have to remember that. I think that's if I was attacked twice, I could parry twice. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You can't parry one attack two times. On the turn immediately after a successful judo parry, you may attempt to throw your attacker. Wow, judo does a lot of neat stuff. So yeah, I think whatever the damage is, I would definitely like to throw him away from me. On your character sheet. So you're doing, I guess it would be a thrust attack. So this is based on your strength. Your strength is 12. So a thrust would be 1d minus 1 damage. 1d6 minus 1? Yeah. But a swing would be 1d plus 2. I think swing probably, right? Wouldn't you be... Oh, well, swinging requires an item, I think. Yeah, so it would be it would be thrust. Okay. So 1d6 minus 1. Yes. 2. 2 damage. All right. So each round of combat in GURPS is 1 second. So while this second of combat is happening, what is everyone else doing? What is Rory and and Rico and Haas up to? I think we're pulling off down to the like right. sensor room. Yeah, right. so we're we're running there. If the comm channel is still open, which I think it probably would be, seems likely. 
they were just saying like, oh, there's another life form in the room. So did you want to, as a free action, just say uh, something short to them in response to what's going on? Like, ah! (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Captain, there is a big bug-like thing here. Oh, God. Okay. So I, I, I pull my gun out as I'm running. And then we're going to go back to the bad guy's turn. I think you had to get less than 12, 12 or less. Yeah, that's what it was last time. Okay. 10 is a hit. Now, do you want to try making one of your judo parry rolly things? Yes. So at least that gives me a, a 9 to hit under as opposed to a 8. So that helps a little bit. Nope. 13. When you break out your judo moves, but, uh, you know, you never really practice judo against an insect. So your, your technique is a little off and you're going to get hit and slashed on the chest again for, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm bad at this exclamation mark. Roll 1d6. Three. You take three hit points of damage. <laughs> All right. And then we break over to your turn again. Is there anything around me that I can use as like a shield, like to like to just hold in front of me so he can't keep hitting me from a front? Because the ship is so ramshackle, I feel like in my mind there's kind of still debris and and stuff everywhere. So I think you could find a piece of metal that you could hold onto and use as a shield. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to grab the discarded panel that you need to get into the little crawl spaces. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to kind of hold that with all four hands in front of me. And I'm, I'm not going to keep making attacks right now. I am just going to defend. Nice. Okay. So that is going to allow you to do a block defense maneuver when the bad guy swings. We've just kind of been assuming our maneuvers are attacks, but you have all kinds of other maneuvers you can choose. So if you're using block, your maneuver might be active defense, since you're not attacking. So active defense is three plus half your shield or cloak skill. Do you have a shield skill? I do have a shield skill. I have 11. 11. Okay. Now that shield for force, it's a force shield, but it is a shield. A block is an attempt to interpose a shield, cloak, or similarly large object between yourself and the attack. This requires a ready shield check. If you're strong enough to grab and lift someone, you can block with his body. Well, that's a good thing to remember for the future. So you are blocking with the shield. Your block active defense is three plus half your shield skill, dropping all fractions. I just don't know why they would cut your shield skill in half when you're blocking and add three to it, but... Okay. In general, you can block any melee attack, thrown weapon. You cannot block bullets or beam weapons. You may attempt to block only one attack per turn. All right. Well, a bad guy is going to attack you again with his mouth claw. Result is 10, which is less than 12. So he does hit you unless you succeed in your block roll. Now we said it was block minus uh, half plus three. Is that what it was? That's right. So it's still eight. (laughs) Oh. Good lord. It seemed like a good idea. Oh, oh my gosh. No. Just missed by one. <laughs> oh boy. Five damage. I am in trouble. I have one damage left. 
<laughs> oh no. Oh no. How impossibly long is this ship? How many turns does it take for us to get there? Each round of combat is only one second in GURPS, not the six seconds it is in D&D. So really only like three seconds have passed. Really? Wow. And maybe I'm doing combat wrong. Listeners, please email me and politely tell me what I'm doing wrong, because I might be doing something wrong. It's okay. I have other character concepts in mind. (laughs) (laughs) So it's fine. (laughs) Not on my watch. Oh my goodness. It's fine. Who's going to fix up the doctor if the doctor gets hurt? Other doctor. (laughs) Thank God the Haas took that first aid. (laughs) (laughs) I'll fix you real good. (laughs) I'm going to fast talk your wounds. That's scary. All right, it's Kayun's turn again. What do you want to do? Okay, walk me through my options here, because I've never done combat with this system, so I don't know what I'm allowed to do. You've basically got, let's see, three types of defense, dodging, blocking, and parry. But you can also choose a maneuver that gives you bonuses to defense. So basically, on your turn, you choose a maneuver, right? And that tells you what your character is doing. So one maneuver is move, where you just move at your movement speed. One is attack, where you do an attack like we've been doing. And one is all-out defense, which is what it sounded like you were doing with the shield. All-out defense, increase defense, add plus two to one active defense of your choice, dodge, parry, or block. This bonus persists until your next turn. Is there no full withdrawal? Or like run away or... Yeah, I mean, you can move to run away. Would I have enough time to run out of the room and hit like a a door? Like close a door? Well, I imagine it being kind of a small room and you can move your basic speed, which is five yards, I guess, in this game, which is plenty of room in my mind to get out the door and just tap the close door button. So, yes. I'm going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) That seems like a good thing to do. All right. So as you do that, it looks for a moment like the insect creature is watching you, like going to pursue you. And then the door shuts. And then Rory and Rico and Haas arrive at the sensor room to see a bleeding and pretty messed up Cayune standing outside the closed door. I run up immediately and see if there's any sort of like applying pressure aid that I can help with. Do you know first aid? No. Okay. I can see a gushing wound. <laughs> yeah, I can run up and I'll do the same thing. I mean, if Rory is dead set on doing it, we can do it untrained with a minus to something, I'm sure. Or do you want to let Poss do it since he's been practicing on himself? Okay, so <laughs> there's a chance that by me trying to apply pressure to something, I could kill him. I'm not going to do that. Like, if I fail it. but <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. It would be IQ minus four untrained. I'll let Haas do it. That's fine. All right. I'll go up and do the same thing. Like, try to put pressure wherever I can that I see him, like, bleeding out and uh, do it. Uh, let's see. Five. So, yes, five is less than 12. I succeed by seven. Okay, so this time, maybe you grab a cloth, some sort of bandage to apply pressure so that your oozy, goozy body is not directly touching the wound, and you are successfully stopping the bleeding. Awesome. All right, is Kai unconscious? 
Yeah, he's got one hit point left, so he's he's awake. He's fine. What? <laughs> I don't know. That's fine. Is the word I would use. <laughs> he's the meme of the dog in the room of fire. Everything's fine. He's fine. Oh, so what was it? What is it that's in there? Big, big bug. <laughs> All four arms. Big bug. <laughs> like trying to make them as big as possible. Big bug. Oh my god. Hmm. Is this the sensor room or the engineering? This is the sensors room. Does any part of this vent into space? Yeah, I mean, there is an airlock that you can use to go outside the ship, you know, when you're wearing a spacesuit. It is entirely possible that there are cracks in the hole that might lead into space because it is such a <laughs> ramshackle ship. But making them bigger by throwing a bug through them doesn't seem like a particularly great idea. <laughs> Just spitballing, if I put on a suit, went on the outside of the ship and opened up the airlock from the outside, spaced it, closed the airlock. Whatever was in the airlock when you did that would go flying out into the vacuum of space. Okay. We'd have to trap it into the airlock, though. So there is like an airlock that can be opened in there and be trapped with it? Yeah, yeah. Like you can trap it inside there. Like we could open up the airlock door and then trap it inside that and then release it from the outside. Right. I mean, yeah. Well, it's like it's like two doors, right? So, yeah, you could open the interior door, somehow get the creature to go through that door and then close that door, and then if somebody was outside the ship, they could open the external door. Or you could be wearing your spacesuit. You could go in from the outside, open up the airlock, sit in the airlock, close it from the outside, open it into the room. The thing jumps at you. You would need someone from the from the other side to run in and shut behind you, so you'd be trapped in the airlock with the bug for a second. And but your goal could be to open up the outside airlock and space the thing. Guys, I got a plan. I can split, sit in the airlock, and then when the duplicate dies, it doesn't hurt me. It's just gonna be dead. I can. I'm all. I'm gonna be half here anyway. It'll hurt, but I can do this. I can trap it. I can get it in there. I just got to figure out a way to open that airlock. Can't you use your arms to open the airlock? I know where the button is. <laughs> the one problem with this whole plan is can you find the doorknob? I mean, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> it is a new ship. Um, <laughs> Are the controls relatively obvious to be able to see them? Yeah. I mean, because it's an airlock, I would imagine it's one of those deals where you have to like crank a big steering wheel type device a little bit and then you can open the door because it's got to be you know a real airtight seal it's uh you know secure and everything but yeah it's obvious enough how to do it i can always do that if you can't think of nothing else i'll just split in half right now as it is and just kind of blob there undulating what does that do to you uh i will take extra i'll take the damage from the other uh, when it dies, it doesn't kill me, though. It's, let me see. Do you ever get that mass back? Yeah, it it is weird. I'll just give him a lot of liquids. He'll be fine. <laughs> Each possessing your full knowledge and powers. Uh, it takes one second and concentrate maneuver to separate or merge. If one of your dupes dies, all others immediately take 2D damage and are stunned. This is a mental stun. The IQ or HT roll to recover is at minus six. You also lose the points you spent for that dupe. I'm not sure how that... Oh, I would lose the 35 points for that. Yeah, if your dupe dies, you won't be able to dupe anymore. Oh, I thought... Okay. So maybe not. 
<laughs> yeah, maybe it's not. It's true, maybe not. <sighs> all right. Can we pull out all the oxygen from just that room? Wait, from the airlock? No, from the sensor room. Oh, um, yeah. I feel like you'd have to override some kind of security system in the computer. But yes, you could do that then. I don't know how space bugs breathe. Well, presumably Rico would know. Oh, yeah. She's, you know, that kind of scientist. So would she, she know whether they need oxygen or not? All right. So Rico, you would be kind of familiar. You've read about these before, you think, probably. They're called Zats. And they metabolize metals, minerals. Yeah, so that's why they like to eat things like power conduits. They usually live on planets that have an atmosphere but are lifeless rocks, and they just kind of eat the rocky ground (laughs) around them. Sometimes they do get on ships, like if a ship lands on a planet like that to mine the minerals on the planet, they can get aboard, and they usually make a little nest and will live on the ship, living off the uh, components of the ship. They require an atmosphere to live, though. They, they do breathe. They need to breathe oxygen. Okay. So depriving it of oxygen is going to kill it eventually. We don't know how quick that would be. Well. <laughs> but it's probably better than fighting it. I mean, if it did this to a Matorb, I mean, our bullets would probably just glance off of its hard chitinous shell. I mean, that that's my suggestion. I don't know. What, what, what does everybody else think? You don't have bullets, though, do you? It's a beam weapon. Still, the beams would bounce off his kite in his shell. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, would Rico know whether they can be effective with beam weapons? Yeah, I think you'd be reasonably sure that they're, I mean, they're not invulnerable to to weapons like that. But if we open the door, it can get out. And it's already taken out two of our crew. Did Kyan get any health back with that first aid? Let me see what first aid says. I don't know why you're worried about your health anyway. You still have one. (laughs) Well, I'm looking at my options with what I have, and I feel like I've got stuff I can do, but I don't want to do it if I'm, if I'm like one point <laughs> away from death. Is death at zero, or is it like D&D where it's like minus your full health? I believe it's not at zero. At zero, you're unconscious. I didn't actually think that was something I was going to have to know for this adventure, because I was just going to have you... <laughs> Fight this one easy monster, just a bug. How hard could it be? Two of the crew down. <laughs> we are blob guys all burnt. Like we got all kinds of problems. <laughs> At zero HP or worse, but above negative your HP, you can make an HT roll to awaken every hour. Once you succeed, you can act normally. So yeah, you don't die until you're minus your HP. Okay. That's useful to know. Mm-hmm. All right. And then I need to see what first aid does for me. Okay. First aid table. This is tech level 10. Okay. So with 10 minutes of treatment, you recover 1D plus 1 hit points. So it'll be a while. <laughs> I mean, it'll be 10 minutes. Yeah. We're figuring out what to do. So I'm assuming that's going to take a little bit of time to discuss rather than rushing in. Yeah. 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 Ten minutes is quite a long time, but uh, okay. So how much was it in the ten minutes? 1D plus one. I got three. Plus one. Well, I rolled a two. Oh, okay. So I am up to four. Looking at what I can actually do, I can grapple, which means like I can hold it. And I get plus two to grapple for each extra arm. So that's already a plus four. 
Do we have an issue of Italian Vogue on board? <laughs> <laughs> or the September issue of American Vogue would work. <laughs> Thick magazine, smack it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you have any print media on board. Ugh. Seems unlikely. Sorry. <laughs> Stupid future. <laughs> Stupid future. We have spaceships and laser guns, but no magazines. That's right. No magazines. So the the proposals on the table at the moment are that we uh, hack into the computer to tell it to deprive the, that room of oxygen, or Kyan grapples it. And somebody tries to shoot it whilst he has it grappled? Question mark. That's always great. Let's shoot into melee. <laughs> There's gonna be no I mean, no minuses to that. Supposed to have, what's supposed <laughs> to happen once it's grappled? <laughs> well, once I got it grappled, then maybe I can we can throw it into the airlock, because then we don't have to lure it into the airlock and nobody has to be in with it. I have a constriction attack where I can do that, like actually engulf it like a gelatinous cube or something in uh, in D&D and uh, hold it in place, it looks like. Inside of you? I do have the torso of holding. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> this one explains it like a python. So to be able to... I see. Okay, yeah. Okay. How are slime boys with dealing with the vacuum of space? So, listeners, are we doing combat right? Hi, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying our first battle of the game. Up to now, we've just been surviving on wit's personality and our stunning good looks. I will just point out that as of last episode, all rules governing the pronunciation of my character's name, Hyen, have been lost, and he will from this point on be called many things. I don't know that we ever got it consistently right, but his name is Kyan. You will hear it pronounced as Kayan. Kayun, Bob, we all say it differently. And that's okay. Alien dialects are difficult to get right. But I didn't want you to think we were unaware of this. We just recorded episodes 33 and 34 this past weekend, and it's still being mispronounced all over the place. So, just wanted you to know, before all the messages start coming in, his name is Kayan, but no two people seem to pronounce it the same, and we're all okay with that. Speaking of our wonderful cast, we don't just play wacky space smugglers on the internet. We all have our own shows you can check us out on. Ben has all sorts of D&D campaigns going on on his actual play stream, King of the Heel. You can check out Rime of the Frost Maiden on Saturdays and Dungeon of the Mad Mage on Wednesdays. I've been leaving out the mage part, so my apologies for that. And he's launching another campaign on Thursday nights at 6 p.m. Central. The Curse of Strahd campaign starts this Thursday and can be found with all his other actual plays on twitch.tv forward slash Bamashocks. If you're thinking of running your own D&D campaign, check out some original content by our very own Biche. You can check out his content at dmsguild.com. Just search for his name, BJ Keaton, to check out his material, including his newest publication, The Dragon Tower of Candlekeep. You can also listen to him on the geek to geek podcast, as well as the Dragon Quest FM podcast. On episode 470 of Girls Gone Wild, Raven and EJ talk about the covenant mechanic and how people feel about it. They covered the individual covenants, but what about the concept as a whole? You can check them out on Warcraft Radio, as well as on the usual podcast places. You can, of course, catch Kelly on her podcast. A new episode of Mating Habits of the Modern Geek drops on Monday. 
And be sure to check out our GM, Todd, on his podcast, Nerdberg Review, and me on my podcast, Geektitude. We had some messages on the Discord and Slack channels this week. Lyle on Slack said, So, question for Cautious Optimism crew and other GURPS folks. Don't have any direct exposure to GURPS, but listening to folks describe roles slash checks, I'm having a hard time grokking how a GM would influence the difficulty. It seems like you roll versus your skill. Can the GM add a modifier to that when appropriate? I think the way it works is the GM can add a minus or plus modifier to your roll to increase or decrease the difficulty. Occasionally, you'll hear Todd say you're rolling that at a minus X. I think he's gone as far as minus four. And uh, Todd mentioned that the book puts a good amount of importance on how much a player succeeds or fails by. So that's how we're playing it. Steph B0219 said to Bijan Discord, Oh my goodness, I just about choked on my breakfast listening to your character try to heal another character on Cautious Optimism. I am loving this part of As the Dice Roll. I really hope this one continues for long enough to get a non-geek-to-geek following. We would love that too, Steph. And listeners, you can help us out with that. If you're enjoying the show and you have friends who listen to actual plays, let them know about us. Programs like this thrive on word of mouth. So your reviews and comments are our best advertisement. And I can't thank you all enough for all the comments and positive things you've been saying about the show. We love it. And you too can join in our conversations on our dedicated As the Dice World channel on Slack. Let us know what you think about all the content we're getting out to you. How are you liking Cautious Optimism Fridays? And are you looking forward to our next episode of our Monster of the Week campaign, What Is Not? Episode 3 of that campaign drops on Tuesday. We'd love to hear what you think. Of course, you can still email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Or better yet, you can leave us a voicemail message. Just click on the link on our website, asthedicerollcast.com. Or you can check out our Twitter at asthedicerollrp or our Instagram at asthedicerollrp. That's it for me this week. Let's get back to the cautious optimism and see what's messing up our crew right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. How are slime boys with dealing with the vacuum of space? Well, they need oxygen just like everyone else. Uh-huh. In the vacuum of space, they would all of their gelatinous molecules would just start to float away from each other and you would just kind of evaporate. Oh, that's not good. That does not sound fun. The vacuum of space is also also notoriously cold. So, you know. I didn't know. Maybe he was impervious. We could just like, could go out there and release it. We'd just come scoop him up. <laughs> I knew y'all wanted to turn me into a slime pop. <laughs> Should have never come on this ship. <laughs> Put him in a hydro flask. He'll be fine. Um. <laughs>
you do have humanoid and mature boyd environmental suits, you know, like like a spacesuit that you could put on if you wanted to do a, a spacewalk. I don't know that there is one for the slime boy, but he could squeeze them. I mean, he could just pour <laughs> himself into a yeah. regular yeah. one. Yeah. Those are my two suggestions. Space it or kill it with lack of oxygen. Simply because if we all go in there, there's a chance that some of us won't come out and two people are already pretty injured. Two out of the five of us <laughs> are already pretty injured in the time it took us to run down the hall. So <laughs> Hank wakes up and is like, where did everybody go? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go revive Hank and then throw him in the room. <laughs> then while the bugs distracted, we run. Just let it eat Hank. That's what happens when you miss a session. It is. That's exactly what happens. Let it eat Hank! <laughs> I mean, if these things are eating rocks and stuff, like, we can't poison it. Right? Uh, no. That seems unlikely. Uh, I mean, cutting it to pieces with beam weapons doesn't seem like a terrible plan. I got four of them, and then I pull all four of them out at once. Like, ha-ha! I just don't want to <laughs> miss. Apparently, Hoss be- has been practicing. <laughs> She eyes you very warily. <laughs> you should. That is that is what, yes, that's what I'm going for. That's the right response. <laughs> we, we can go in there guns blazing and just see how this turns out and see if this might be the end of the session, the end of the campaign. <laughs> it also might be the end of the sensor array, but like... <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, if that's what we're going to do, I don't mind going in first and trying for a grapple, because then at least we've got it pinned. I mean, if you want to, thank you for your sacrifice. (laughs) What is your plan? I'm just going to waggle all four of the guns up in the air at them, and uh, the Slimezoa equivalent of raising my eyebrows. Like, huh? Huh? I mean, he does have four weapons. I think that Kyan is going to go in and try to grapple it and then we'll go in behind him and are you Kyan, are you gonna toss it up in the air and we're gonna shoot at it <laughs> why don't we reverse this I'm like why don't we fire at it first and if it gets out i grapple it okay because we can be on the other side of the doorway and shoot into the room right and if it gets out of the room i'll grapple it gotcha all right well let's figure out how we oh we lost raven oh no <laughs> she just typed in Discord. <laughs> uh, hmm. Again, I think you should use the guns. <laughs> <laughs> Enrico can't help with that. Enrico can't help with that. I see. <laughs> I see how it is. All right. So it's Rory and uh, Haas. With it. so there's a five guns will be will be blazing <laughs> in this doorway. And I've got beam weapon proficiency. It's uh, it's at plus two, but I have no idea what like multi weapon fighting penalties are for GURPS. Multi weapon fighting. How about for right now? How about we just say if you're going to use multiple arm attacks, you have them each at a well, I don't know uh, plus four with each shot. How does that sound? Plus four or minus four. Well, plus four is bad in this game. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay, okay. Oh, right, right, right. Minus four to your goal. Or yeah, plus yeah, four. That... Yeah, I, I said that weirdly. Yeah, no, you're right. So instead of having a 12 uh, beam weapons, I would basically be running at an eight. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. 
All right. Well, so let's set this up. Okay. So actually what I'll do is I'll drop one of them back in. <laughs> I'll put one of the guns back inside me and use my other hand to get ready to open up the door. Okay. Uh, so that I have three of them ready to shoot inside <laughs> when we do. And that way, uh, that way Rory can, uh, can fire without having to worry about a door too. And he can grapple if we need to. Gotcha. All right. So we're going to have Hoss open the door. And then or, now ordinarily the order, the sequence goes in accordance with your basic speed. So Rory would be the first person to go. Mm. Followed by Rico, then Kayun, then Haas. But since you guys are setting this up, I mean, we're not really in a turn order. Right. So Haas can open the door. And at that moment, we start the combat and Rory is first. Right. Okay. And she's got a clear shot. All right. So I'm assuming I see it when, when the door's opened. Yeah. It's actually gone back to the energy conduits and it's chewing on the conduit. Even over the Haas, son of a... Biscuit? All right, so it went wasted hot sauce. <laughs> it doesn't seem to mind. All right, so my gun's a four, I, so I got an eleven, so I'm three under. That is a hit. Roll your damage. <gasps> Where's the damage? I didn't write it down. Well, yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I did. Okay, yes. <laughs> All right, so my damage is three D PI plus. That changed. 3D PI plus? What? That's what it says on my character sheet. That's an autofill. Okay. No, no, that's it's it damages 3D PI plus is what it says in the book for this pistol. What's the PI? Oh, you know, it's the square root of pi. Right. Am I the first person to fire a gun in this game? Yes. Nice. Yes, yes you are. <laughs> this adventure has had a lot of firsts. Okay. That's an auto pistol, huh? Correct. The 44 millimeter. Well, a lot of these have PI on them. What the heck is PI? What does the PI mean? Oh, piercing. It's, oh. it's the damage type. Yeah, it's the type of damage. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Okay. So is it still, so it's 3d6? Yeah. Okay. So that's 12. 12 damage. Dang. It turns as the door opens to look at you and you hit it right in the face. And your laser bolt uh, goes in its bug head and uh, out its bug butt. And and then it just falls over on its back and curls up its legs. I hate this place. Perfect (laughs) moment for me to arrive back. Welcome back. (laughs) Rico, I hate it here. This thing is gross. (laughs) That's some good shooting. Holy moly. Well, I have very few skills. <laughs> Apparently, that's <laughs> one of them. <laughs> you shot it to pieces then. Nice. Nice work. Haas opened the door and she shot the bug right through its body and now it's dead on the floor. Nice. You can have it if you'd like, if you want to go over there and do whatever it is. Hmm. Whatever the scientist in you would like to dissect and do. <laughs> yeah, Rico's gonna sort of go and peer over it at it. Um, does does Cayenne have any kind of uh, biological interest in it? Yeah, I mean, we could probably bring it back to the the med bay and do some analysis and see if there's maybe something we can do to like set up bug traps in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Learn more about it. Rory goes to the canteen to put the hot sauce away and to make everyone hot cocoa because everybody's frazzled or injured. 
All right. We pretty much wrapped up this particular adventure. I imagine as you're all sitting in the cantina drinking your hot chocolate, Hank comes in, kind of limpishly comes in and says, "Uh, Captain, there's some kind of giant bug monster. Oh, we have to, we have to, everybody get, get your guns. We got a big bug monster. It's super scary. I'm going to pull my guns out and be like, again? (laughs) Another one? Yesterday's news, Hank. Yesterday's news. We've already killed it. Oh. Oh, oh, good. Oh, is that is that hot chocolate? Oh. <laughs> so I slide a, a mug over to him. <laughs> I woke up just in time. <laughs> Next time on Cautious Optimism. As you're flying down through the atmosphere, it starts getting really choppy, and you realize that the Cautious Optimism handles really poorly in an atmosphere. So where does a three-faced space mobster hang out? Well, I regret to inform you that your ship has been randomly selected for a inspection. Uh-oh. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at geek2geekmedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at asthedicerollcast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at asthedicerollcast.com.